Genre. The Doctor's Companion presents Doctor Who The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Cass Fredrickson. I'm Nick Jimenez. And I'm Scott Corelli. Uh, And today on the show, we'll be discussing The Ice Warriors, The Second Doctor's Tenth Story. The Tenth Story, the introduction of The Ice Warriors, um, a... Race of uh, Doctor Who villains who for not, you know, not really returning a lot in the show kind of uh, I feel like has like a heavy shadow looming of like one of like the big bads of Doctor Who, um, which is uh, I find interesting because they're only in like. I, I, in a major way, I think they're only in like three, uh, classic who stories, um, yes. where they're not just like one of like several, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's like, I think they're only like the main villain in like maybe three, mm-hmm. definitely two, maybe three. Um, and then new Whovians might recognize them from our favorite episode, Cold War. Uh-huh. <laughs> Or Empress of Mars, both written by our favorite writer, Mark Gatiss. Both bangers that I remember page to page. page. <laughs> yeah. minute, minute, every second, second of those Every episodes. line. Yeah. <laughs> I watch those episodes more than any other episode. <laughs> definitely. One of them is definitely not a waste of David Warner. Um, <laughs> yep. That's right. uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's just weird how how much it's like, oh, yeah, like like Ice Warriors, like like so many Doctor Who fans, I think consider them like in a top five villain recurring villain kind of place um which is odd to me just because like yeah it's like they did like two second doctor stories they were in a in like a couple of third doctor stories and then they fell off the face of the planet until you know skip skip all the way to cold war you know yeah does doctor who have a top five greatest villains well, definitely top three, right? Those are obvious. You got Master, you got Daleks, you got Cybermen. Macra. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, obviously. <laughs> Clearly, the Macra number four. Uh, Davros after that. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. See, see, because that's, that's where it gets complicated because it's like, well, people would be like, oh, well, Davros is like the fourth one. But my feeling about Davros just in general is that like, I don't think you separate him from the Daleks. I think yeah. he's just, I agree. Yeah. He's part of the Daleks. Right. So yeah. Um, I don't, there think are Dalek like stories. Separate... Yeah. There are Dalek stories with Davros, but there's no Davros story without a Dalek. I don't think. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I don't think, I, I feel like the closest we get is the, uh, that 12th doctor one with Missy, mm. um, mm-hmm. the magician's apprentice two-parter, I feel like mm-hmm. has like, 
less Daleks than typical with Davros. I think it's mostly Davros, but um, yeah. Papa Dabby. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. So it's interesting. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so we're talking about the Ice Warriors. Um, this is the third serial of season five, um, which is uh, the second series for the second Doctor. And, uh, yeah, this is written by, uh, Brian Hales, directed by Derek, uh, Martinus. Um, Innis Lloyd is still producer, but he's on his way out, um, as the story editor for this, Peter Bryant is, uh, in line to take over as a producer with his assistant, um, ready to take over the, uh, uh, story editor, position um which is uh, uh Derek Sherwin um so yeah so there's a lot of movement happening um and I think with all of that movement they were kind of handing out character renewals you know like uh, contract updates almost like story to story with the actors because they never knew like when a creative shift was going to happen and like, Oh, like maybe we're going to get rid of this companion and bring in a new one or whatever. Um, so during the shooting of this story, uh, uh, the actress who plays, um, Victoria, for example, uh, D- Deborah Watling was, um, uh, basically handed a contract for the remainder of this story and the next story. Um, and they oh were God. like, after that, we don't know. So, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll go from there. Um, and uh, but, you know, and that sounds scary. But at the same time, they were only shooting this once a week on a Saturday. You know, it's a it was like a real like at this point in the show, like being on Doctor Who was like a real like extracurricular activity. It felt like um, yeah, for, at least from the actor's point of view, because, uh, yeah, they shot every episode in one day, one Saturday a week. <laughs> Um, and what's really crazy. Yeah, I know. It's really, they were only three episodes ahead. So they were filming the fourth part of the ice warriors as the first part was airing, which is just, that's so stressful. That feels psychotic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's just how it, that's how it was back then. I don't know. And they were smoking um, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm surprised you could see anything on this set. Um, <laughs> it should just been smoke everywhere. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, so with this new era of the show, um, you know, uh, they were wanting to like really try to make an effort to shift the show into more classic science fiction stories with science fiction monsters and uh, just like, you know, uh, 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 an adventure like this is kind of the era in which the, you know, hiding behind the couch from the new mo- the new Doctor Who monster sort of like came into popularity was during this era. I know kids were scared of the Daleks in the first era, but like this is where it was like every story you don't know what kind of monster you're about to see and it's, you know, scary to kids because they do a pretty good job of hiding the monster. Like how many how many Doctor Who early Doctor Who serials the first part ends with the hand of the new monster kind of moving a little. Right. 
And that's the first <laughs> cliffhanger. Um, like that's like a lot of these. Um, and that's you know that just scared the absolute living shit out of uh, little kids in the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, uh, yeah, so they were like, yeah, that's gonna be our priority. So we want new monsters, and as much as it's nice to have. A new monster that is just for this serial. Um, we want to create another Dalek, another Cyberman. We want to have a recurring villain. So let's try and figure out what could be a recurring villain because we can't use the Daleks right now because Terry Nation is holding them back uh, because he, after the popularity of Dalek Mania uh, in the early 60s and the two Dalek movies, um, Starring uh, 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 Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, uh, he was like, okay, well, I've conquered Britain, and now I'm going to conquer the States. And so he was like, Doctor Who, you can't have my Daleks. I'm taking them to the U.S. of A, where uh, they can be used over there. Um, to which, you know, he went, tried to make happen for a long time. And the USA was like, no, thank you. Not interested. Goodbye. I said good day, sir. Um but that took a while because we don't get the Daleks again, I don't think, until, uh, well, actually, Turkey. yeah, I literally think like our next, next episode story. that we're yeah. covering uh-huh. is the next time that the Daleks are seen in Doctor Who, um, which is, uh, yeah, we'll be covering that story next week. So, are they wearing like yeah. little Dodgers caps because they're just coming from America? <laughs> oh, God, I hope so. Um, I, don't, I don't remember that specific thing, but I hope so. Um, but yeah, so they, they, the Daleks are on ice. They're like, we can't just keep using the Cybermen over and over and over again. Um, you know, we have an idea for a Cybermen story coming down the pipe. It's a really good one. We'll get there. Um, but uh, right now, we want a new thing to replace the Daleks while we don't have the Daleks so that we have somebody else we can recur. Um, and they went to the writer for this story, um, uh, uh, Brian Hales, who had previously written The Smugglers. Um, in the previous season, uh, which is a story that I, right now, at right now, off the top of my head, I cannot remember a single thing about. But I know that we covered it on this show. Maybe I should go back and listen to that episode. Um, <laughs> I don't know if either of you can remember anything from the Smugglers. Not at that all. was the second Doctor story. Yeah, I think. Or was it? No, it was the first Doctor. It's a first Doctor story. Oh, so we haven't covered it yet because yeah, it's at it's the, the end, end of the of first his... Doctor. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Whew, that makes sense. All I right. remember so it's been... it being boring. Yeah. So it's been a very long time since I've watched that one. So that's why I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, I feel it's... better now. It's <laughs> 2028 um... us's problem. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, further than that. Oh, um... my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so they invited him back and he had just read this article about a, a, a woolly uh, about it, how in the early 1900s they found like a frozen woolly mammoth who was like basically completely intact. And it's sort of like why we know what woolly mammoths look like. And what he was year like, wow, is that? So, yeah, he's just <laughs> like, wow, that's that's pretty neat. What if it was alive? Um, and so he was thinking about that. And then he was also thinking about Mars. And he was like, I wonder what kind of thing could live on mars it's like a really crazy environment who who could live there and so he <laughs> came he combined these two things and he came up with this thing uh these creatures called the ice warriors um which are martians uh that are you know frozen and found on earth um and uh 
yeah, and he got he got the green light, and so he went and wrote this story. And you know, I wish I could say that there's really anything else going on here, but there's not. That's it. That's it's, the that, that's how we got the Ice Warriors. There you go. Yeah. It's so funny. You're right, Scott. They are technically Martians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And yet, like, that's never really brought up or addressed. Or, you know, they don't know. They're, they're, they're the Ice Warriors. You know, like Martian Manhunter, that's kind of in his name a little bit. That's true. It's also weird because they're given the name the Ice Warriors by one of the guys that finds them. Right. Not themselves. But now they refer to themselves as Ice Warriors. Which is not we correct. Like <laughs> they should, yeah, they should be calling themselves uh, Martians or you know Say whatever it is again. that they refer to them refer to their planet as, um, which is probably not Mars. Uh, in this episode, at least, they don't even re- they don't refer to Mars as Mars. They refer to it as the Red Planet. Like we must go back to the Red Planet. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's true. So I guess they're just the Reds. Um, which I Some guess has dirty a, different, reds. a different connotation in the 60s in the oh midst boy. of the Cold War. Oh boy. <laughs> we did it. We cracked it. We found the symbolism. Yeah. Well, so I guess weird. that's why their first episode back was the Cold War. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, <laughs> Cass is not having it. He did um, a little, he did a little uh, lap around the library when he figured that one out. Yeah. <laughs> They're from the Red Planet. They're the Reds. Uh, <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> I'm going to put David Warner in this. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So this is the Ice Warriors. It's it's yet another base under siege type story um, from, you know, the base under siege season of the show. Uh, and there's a lot of those. This is not the best one. Um, I would say... Uh, I would probably say the next two are the best two of the season. The best two base under siege stories. Um, the next two being, uh, enemy of the world and the web of fear. Oh, web of fear is good. Yeah. Yeah. Web of fear is probably the best one, but also God, enemy of the world is fun as hell. (laughs) Um, so yeah. Um, I am very curious as your, uh, as your first foray into the ice warriors and classic who nick what did you think of this six-part story uh i was i was enthralled by this one i uh i was i I found it really compelling i found the supporting cast of characters to be really rich and interesting and i found their inner dynamics interesting and i was like dialed in during their scenes even without the doctor and his companions um, mm-hmm. it became this very like, yeah, I mean, like tense, like submarine movie by the end of it of like, <laughs> it was as much about leadership and decision making as it was about like power. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I thought this was a fun episode for two. Um, a lot of fun stuff happens to Jamie that we'll talk about. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> um, the ice warriors. I don't remember what they look like in New Who, but especially in the in the in the the restorations that we watched, they kind of look like a cross between the troll from Harry Potter and like a Shrek. <laughs> they're just they're rounder than I remember. They're kind of mm-hmm. like 
and the way they yeah. move is very oafish. I don't know. They're, yeah. they're really they're, they're like a they're like a Shrek cross with an armadillo. Yeah, armadillo <laughs> Shrek Shrekadillo. Yeah. yeah, the design of the Ice Warriors is interesting because uh, as written and and you can hear it in the script when when they talk about it, uh, the armor that they're in, he envisioned it as very futuristic and okay. like very like high tech and all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I love the their costume Max designer Fleischer. was like, no, I think they should just look like like reptile armadillos. And the director's like, I agree. And then and the writer was like, well, fuck me, I guess. Okay. Um, and then that was that. Um, and that's how we got the Ice Warriors. I like their robot pincer arms. Those are yes. really fun. I love their little yeah. Lego hands. That's my yes. favorite bit. Yeah. Yeah, I will say. <laughs> they'll just only... like shake someone with them. The best part about Cold War is that they get out of their their uh, armor. And they're like little creepy alien things. Ugh. Outside of their armor in Cold War. They're like, Daleks. yeah, um, which is uh, off-putting, to say the least. Um, Cass, thoughts on the Ice Warriors as a whole, this this story? Um, it didn't need to be six episodes. God, no, it did not. Uh, Absolutely did not. I, yeah, like Nick was saying, like, I like the supporting cast and I like the, like, the, the lesson, I guess, like the, the science fiction shell around it um but it by episode four i'm just like i don't know what's happening um i i feel like the plot's a little hard to follow um Mm -hmm. and i wish victoria had more to do um aside from be sad and cry um Uh, (laughs) she uh she apparently was uh only available in the afternoons oh during this and so they had to like keep like continuously kind of writing her out of the that episode. Sucks. Yeah, and because like I said, Doctor Who is like an extracurricular. Saturday. I was going to say that for literally everyone. sounds like a group of friends are making a movie in their backyard, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, well, like, well, Bridget has work until five, so we really don't have her until the <laughs> afternoon." Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I think she was in like a play or something in the evenings, mm-hmm. so she only. She could only shoot through the afternoon. That's why I was. I'm like surprised that they even renewed her contract. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I like Victoria, but, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, she's like damseled for eighty percent of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. it's I don't know. It 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 wasn't as fun as I remembered it being. But I really like the Ice Warriors, so um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I had fun with this. I agree yeah. with Cass. I really like. I was I was really in, uh, compelled by like the science fiction, like the story of it all, and the sort of questions that are asked of like what is the purpose of scientists, like what are scientists for in in society, mm-hmm. um, our reliance on computers, and I'm like, oh yeah, like it's it's not subtle, but I mean this does resonate with me today in our world of like right. algorithms telling us like what to watch and what information to get and what decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, yeah, like for like classic who, I was like, oh, this is like really, I don't know, this is this is, this is pretty rich. Yeah, yeah, I I I agree. I think that there's some really good like science fiction, uh, you know, stuff in here, um, metaphors or allegories or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that are uh, that are really really solid. But um, but I also, yeah, the plot of this is, uh, I think it gets away from them. I think, I think it's really tough 
to maintain the plot through six episodes, not always because it's too thin, but because it just like it's either going to be too thin or it's going to get too complicated. Yeah. Um, and it, you start to like kind of lose the thread as a result. Uh, I think I think it's just like you got to I don't know. Six, the, mm-hmm. the, the six part episodes are um, they're 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 tough sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Because, like, around episode four, especially with, like, the Victoria subplot, like, you can tell that they're kind of trying to figure out, like, right around, like, keeping her alive, you know? Like, yeah. when the, and we'll get to it, but, like, the one of the cliffhangers is, like, her with, like, a sniper sight on her, you know? Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, really excited to go through the, the plot of this with you guys. Yeah, um, let's go there uh so we began on what was it called like britannica base i don't even know if they name it britannicus britannicus i was so close britannicus what a dweeb ass name for (laughs) martin from the simpsons ass name for a space (laughs) so uh we are on earth in the future where Mm. uh there's this base this space base Britannicus base that is responsible for controlling the ice caps and keeping like disaster at bay. And there's like mm. different bases like this peppered throughout the world in the future. Yeah. This is the year 5,000. Um, <laughs> I missed that. And <laughs> the year 5,000. And uh, yeah, they're like nearing another ice age and they're trying to, they're trying to hold it at bay mm-hmm. basically. Yes. Yeah. They have a an ionization ray, right? That they use, and we'll learn more about that later. We're <laughs> introduced in this opening scene to uh, Mrs. Garrett, Miss Garrett, who mm-hmm. is, um, as we'll learn, a, a, a devoted disciple of the computer, the pewter, if you will. <laughs> the pewter. There's a, a a pewter at the center of their of their control base, like mission control, and it basically like. They don't do anything unless they consult the pewter and mm-hmm. they just do exactly. They carry out whatever stratagem the pewter spits out. That is what they do. Um, they have a leader, leader Clint, who I kept thinking was leader Ken. <laughs> just based on the way they said it, but it is, it is Clen, and uh, Clen's kind of like the, the manager, I guess of this base. Like, cause I, I mean, they all ultimately answer to pewter, but Clen is like, the sort of the the, per, the human with the most control, would you say? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, Clint, played by Peter Barkworth, um, worth noting, he has a cane in this, mm-hmm. um, and is like walking around with the cane. Uh, that was not in the script. Uh, that was something Great. that uh, that Peter uh, uh, showed up with. Uh, he also showed up with a stutter and a lisp, and the director was like, "Pick one. You get to do one thing. <laughs> You're not going to do all three, three of those things. things. <laughs> you can't do all of them. <laughs> Pick one. What and one of them has a prop, so maybe we should just go with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, I really liked Leader Clem or Clen. Clem. Clint. Like Clint, like Clint with an E. Clint. Clint? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't I Future can't promise names. I'm gonna 
Yeah, <laughs> feature names. He was. I mean, like you see this guy in every Doctor Who episode, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the 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 stubborn bureaucrat. But I found him just to be really like nuanced for an early episode of Doctor Who. Like he doesn't always. He's he's not always an asshole. Like sometimes you're like, I can see where you're coming from, and blah blah blah. Um, they refer to a member of their company that has been recently expelled. A scientist named Pensley, scientist Pensley, who we'll meet later, played by legendary actor Peter Salas, the original voice of Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. All right, Pete. Wow. I I looked that up and I and I knew that going in, but there are moments in this where closing my eyes, I could kind of hear like a young Wallace, and it kind of tripped me out. Wow. That's wild. Um, I had no idea. That's crazy. So uh, they were like talking about the glaciers and all of that. Wait, and, wait, wait. Uh, which which please. guy is it? Which which guy specifically? Like he is he's the guy with the beard that's like I'm not coming back. I hate you guy, but like but we need you. And he's the one at the end that's like yeah, I gotta make a decision. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not not one of the two like scavenger guys. He is. Not, yes. not, he's the one. Oh, he is one of the gay scavengers. He's, he's Thank the you one so that much for bringing that up, okay? <laughs> he, he's the one at the very end that makes the final decision yeah, to he's use the, the one, ionization ring. Yeah. The one that doesn't try to join forces with the with the Ice Warriors. Right, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. He was my favorite character in the whole thing. Um, yeah, he was I, great. I love that guy. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was the best. Like, everything, everything he did... Uh, that conversation him and Jamie have about like shooting the i the at the ice warrior or whatever or the bear was it a the bear, bear that they yeah. were shooting yeah <laughs> that whole that scene unbelievable um I are I we love talking that guy. are you talking about the Scottish guy store no uh, he's talking or, about or Penn, the, the oh the guy Peter yeah, Salas yeah, yeah. okay cool yeah cool, Peter cool. Salas yeah yeah, yeah. Was um no he was he was he was the best um but yeah they were definitely they're they're definitely a gay couple without a doubt. Um, <laughs> It was called, yeah, they're called scavengers because that's what you call people that have been kicked out of the base. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, So while they're doing their thing at Britannicus, the TARDIS makes a blind landing and it's like a shit show. Like everyone's stepping on each other's hands. Mm -hmm. Because it lands Uh, sideways. Yeah. And they're like crawling out of the door. Yeah. And it's like sliding down a snowbank. That needs to happen more. It needs to apparate like horizontal in the middle of like a field or like <laughs> in a swamp. Yeah. Um. So they uh, they make their they notice that there's like a dome surrounding all of them, like a giant protective dome. Um. We uh oh we so we meet these kind of ye- like yeomen like these workmen that kind of work for Britannicus, but they're outside of the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, another supporting character I really liked, his name was Arden. And Arden is the person, him and his, his buddy are the ones to find uh, something protruding out of the ice. And there's a moment where one of them goes like, ah, is it another fucking, uh, uh, <laughs> what's it called? The, the, you just said it. Oh my God. The, the elephant, mammoth? the giant prehistoric mammoth. Oh. oh my God. I kept wanting to say manatee. <laughs> but they're like oh is it another mammoth we that would be so incredible because it's like we're in the middle of an ice age it's like is it another manatee <laughs> <laughs> so many questions <laughs> they just find a manatee frozen in the ice oh my god 
how did it get here? Uh, I actually like that because it's like it's like suggesting that manatees are are extinct now, mm-hmm. yeah. almost. You know, all those boats they just kept getting hit yeah. by those boats. Oh no! Yeah, no one, no one listened to all of those uh, all of those uh, public service announcements in Florida. Yeah, those cartoons um, that I saw on TV every Saturday morning. Scott, they keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. So Arden Arden finds the ice warrior protruding from the ice. And yeah, I, I like how like kind of aloof these guys are. They really just seem like like oil rig workers. They're just like at one point there's that huge avalanche and one of them dies and they're still like, Well, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Like, um they so yeah, so they pull the ice warrior out of the ice, or you know, whatever it is out of the ice. The uh doctor Victoria and Jamie make their way to the Britannicus and they go inside. And uh, remember that lady puts like a sticker on all of them and the sticker says scavenger. Mm-hmm. And Jamie is like extremely uniform. offended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm no beggar. <laughs> like, that's oh, not my... what that says. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Jamie, there's a really cool moment. Cause like they're wearing like whatever warm clothing and coats that the doctor had in the TARDIS. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, the doctor's got this great, like, Lucy Pensieve, like, fur coat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's the one that he wore in the Abominable Snowmen in oh, Tibet yeah. when they were in Tibet. Because nice. he got, um, remember, because he got uh, mistaken at it for a Yeti? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, but there's a moment in this episode, once they're inside of Britannicus, where uh, you see, like, Jamie in profile and he looks like he's just wearing like a hoodie over his kilt and <laughs> he just looks like a like a like a like a school kid like at a, at a, board, yeah. at a boarding school no well, he looks like he looks like one of those kids that is at every bus stop in the middle of winter wearing shorts yeah and a sweatshirt and a sweatshirt <laughs> and it's like it's like 15 degrees out and they're like i'm not even cold and I'm like, not even cold. you're just like <sighs> okay <laughs> whatever man <laughs> um so but when they do arrive at Britannicus, the doctor immediately susses out that he re- he like hears some alerts and some bleeps and bloops and he's like oh my god there's gonna be an explosion you idiots like do this do this do that and um miss garrett like presses a bunch of stuff on the console and then they he prevents like some kind of explosion from happening and um that's when leader clem Clint, 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 leader, <laughs> leader Clint is like, hey, this doctor guy's pretty smart. Uh, this is super minor, but there's a part when they're like walking towards the camera and leaving, like they're leaving that room, and Jamie just like whispers to the doctor, like, ask him where we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's great. So, uh. Meanwhile, they've brought the ice war. They're like melting the ice or bringing the ice warrior in. Uh, one of the Yaleman kind of workers calls him an ice warrior. Like he's a proper ice warrior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did do we already get the bit where where he uh, where he calls Clint and like pretends to have like interference because oh Clint yeah, him to leave the thing. Uh huh. Yeah, and, and he's like, oh, I, I can't hear you. It's breaking up, and just puts his hand over the camera. <laughs> Yeah, no Arden one respects a... Clint except for uh, except for the lady. Oh yeah, she she yeah. was definitely like his Dwight. Yeah, for sure, Miss Garrett. Miss Garrett, She's the only yeah. one that respects him. 
<laughs> um, we cut. So we meet the husbands, as you said, the scavenger husbands. <laughs> yes. Um, and oh, okay. So there was the uh, there was an avalanche. No, the avalanche. I don't think the avalanche has happened yet. But uh, doc scientist Pensley has a cool line that he says to his Scottish buddy Store of like, "Oh, I freaking hate Leader Clint." He uses scientist craniums like stepping stools. Mm. Like, and Pensley sort of is more of what the, he's, he's later called like a creative scientist, like more curious and exploratory. Whereas Pensley is like, nope, just run it through the computer, whatever Peter right. says. And that's what drove Pensley out of like, God, I hated that. I, I'm so glad I'm out here with you. And that uh, course, course, like, I hate scientists. <laughs> 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 that's why we're friends. Uh, um, but there is an avalanche. Like... Sorry, what? <laughs> uh, but there is an avalanche. Core like breaks his arm, and they have to keep walking to get out of the the storm. Um, the ice warrior is brought in. Oh, oh. Um, there's that little moment where Clint gives the doctor like a a, a challenge of like. Figure out what the problem is in 45 seconds or you guys are banished. Mm-hmm. And we get to thinking. Um, Did you... So, so Troughton, you know, is playing the scene like he's panicking to, like, mm-hmm. get to the right answer. But when he, when he gets... When there's, like, five seconds left on the clock... He was just like, well, I guess the only answer is, and then blah, 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 blah. like just like ward soup out. And then, but he's so cool and collected when he says it. I'm wondering, was it all, was he, was he just like pulling a fast one the whole time and knew exactly the answer to it from the very beginning and was just like waiting to run the clock out so that he could spit it all out at the last five seconds of the test? Definitely. Okay. <laughs> Cass? Um, I don't know, because I like it when two, because two gets frazzled easily, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like like Jamie and Victoria were really stressed out about it too, so like the <laughs> idea of him like trolling them for that is <laughs> kind of funny, but like, I don't know, I didn't, I guess I didn't read it that way, but it is really funny to think about that way. Yeah, it was just something about like how he was like pacing around and like rubbing his hands through his hair and like really like oh no oh no am I gonna be able to figure this out and then he and then he like turns around leans on the couch and is like well I guess well, the only answer is this yes yeah and yeah. I was like that's a little cool to be uh you know panicking for for the last like forty seconds right. I don't know that's funny yeah. There, there were a couple times this episode where I, I remembered of how how much Matt Smith drew from Troughton for Eleven. Oh yeah, and kind of towing that line between frazzled and completely comical and collected mm-hmm. is is fun. He's also pretty menacing by the end of this, in mm-hmm. in ways that we'll get to. Um, mm-hmm. That's fun. So they're they bring in the ice <laughs> ice warrior. And uh, the doctor notices that the helmet has uh, an electronic connection inside of it, even though it's been out there since the first Ice Age. Mm -hmm. And so that really freaks them out. And then uh, the doctor goes to go talk to Leader Clint or something, and he leaves Victoria and Jamie alone. And we get this exchange where (laughs) Cassidy doesn't have to say it, where where, uh, Jamie's like, Victoria, did you notice 
those outfits that the lassies were wearing and victoria was like yes <laughs> they were obscene <laughs> so i don't so i don't suppose like you'd be any ever wearing clothes like that and she's like we're changing the subject <laughs> how dare you so funny <laughs> they're kind of adorable in this one mm-hmm. yeah like they're separated for a lot of it, but I love how like in this one they're very like fighty and like teasing each other. But then the whole episode they are so worried about the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, it's also really funny because like how would you describe what the uniform is that they're wearing? It's kind of like a onesie, like a white onesie with like patterns on it. Yeah, it's like um, it's like an asymmetrical like pattern like it's very 60s and it's like really skin tight with like the weird mm-hmm. flared shoulder pads mm-hmm. yes very were they 60s. also like mini skirts or mini skirt adjacent bottoms they weren't like pants right oh, they were like skirts uh, maybe i want to say they were pants but i could be wrong oh really hmm. okay. well i don't know I, I see like miss garrett walking around a lot i loved leader clint's suit because it kind of looked like a union jack oh yeah mm. yeah in general, I just really liked the look of the control room set yeah. and all of their costumes because it was all just very 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, earlier, before they make their way into the control room, earlier in episode one, when they're just when they get the badge that you know names them scavengers. Um, and uh, when they're first walking in there and walking down the hallway, and Victoria's just like, wow, this looks just like my house. And they're like, yeah, it really does. And I was like, is this her? Is this the set from her house? Like, is that what the joke is? That <laughs> they just like reuse the set from when they picked her he up, does, like a few stories. He ago? does say that like the house was like made like a landmark or something. Oh, like the the house okay, that they're funny. operating out of was like like designated some some landmark or whatever. <laughs> so it may very well be just be like, okay, we'll just reuse the set and. I God, that's so. Funny. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, and uh, then Scott, we literally get one of those cliffhangers. Episode one ends with like zooming in on the ice warriors hand starting to move. Yep. Yep. Um, there it is. Spooky, scary. It's right under. He's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a gun. <laughs> I think I'm fine, doctor, that I have a gun. <laughs> Oh my god! I I need them to combine those two things where they're like the monster's hand is moving and it has a gun. Gun! Yeah. <laughs> just a just a twenty first century gun. Uh, so episode two begins with the Ice Warrior awakening, um, and it's it, at this point it, we we got into animated for like three episodes, right? Just two, just two. So this one and the next one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, obsessed with the way it shuffled around like a, like a Shrek. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I, uh, what'd you guys think of the, the animation for these? I like, it, it reminds me of Archer and I like Archer. Yeah. yeah that's what it reminded uh, me of too. And I think there's a, a, an adequate amount of acting and performance they're able to get out of. The animated faces on like close ups and stuff. Yeah. Like when Jamie tries to fight the Ice Warrior. Yes. <laughs> Cass, what do you think? Um, 
I, for some reason, the fact that they they animated the Ice Warrior's armor with like the weird little tufts of hair, yeah, was like really off putting. Mm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but I I think I like I appreciate that they animated it because I think the last time I I experienced this story, it was still um, a reconstruction. Um, oh. but it's it's like so much. It's so much funnier just to see the guy in the costume lumbering around um, and uh-huh. like the mouth move, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of, it's it still kind of took me out of it, but I appreciate that the animation exists. Yeah. I thought it was pretty, I don't know. I think it's pretty sharp. Yeah. I like it. Um, it's, you know, obviously like, you know, with an impossible budget, yeah, I would love like an even a much better animated mm-hmm. version of this. But it's like no one is going to put the money in for that. Right. Um, I don't mind like the little uh, flash style animation. I think it's charming. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Because I like it because it looks old fashioned. Yeah, and which which somehow kind of like matches the vibe. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. of the classic, you know, show. So yeah, I'm I'm into it. I just I hope one day we just get everything. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, I just hope that, like, everything gets animated and we'll be able to, like, watch all of these, like, without reconstructions yeah. at some point. Um, so, yeah. It's good. Hey, keep dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, the doctor gets evaluated by Pewter. It's some kind of, like, he, the, he, it's evaluating the doctor's, like, worth and what it can bring to like the operation in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the doctor kind of like setting up this through line is like multiple times throughout the episode. They're like, doctor, what do you think about computers? And he's like, I can take him or leave him. <laughs> he's not, yeah. he's like grateful for when they're like, Hey, the computer gave us this, this information. Like, Oh, well that, that's how you know that it's good. But he's like, I don't personally, I prefer paper that I keep in my loose pieces of paper. I keep in my pocket. Right. Um, and then, yeah, as we alluded, the ice war <laughs> here awakens. It knocks out Jamie and captures Victoria, where she will remain. They, <laughs> the ice warrior, like takes <laughs> Victoria to like a broom closet. <laughs> and this is when we learn that like they can that they can talk. Mm-hmm. And Victoria is like, "What do you want?" And they're like, "I'm from the Red Planet, and uh, I'm looking for the rest of my my buddies." My other ice homies, um, because he's like, well, if oh, because like she's he's freaked out when Polly's like, well, he's like, how long was I under? What year is it? And she's like, well, the man said that you've been frozen since the first ice age, so that's like thousands of years. And he's like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if they laugh in this episode, but I do want to point out at this moment that the ice warriors laugh like Muttley from Wacky Races. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest. Their raspy little voices get on my nerves. I'm not into oh, it. Oh, the like yeah. the weird ASMR like hiss whisper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's really hard to understand what they're saying. It feels like the sloth gag from Zootopia, where I'm like, oh my god, just say what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's fine when they're like, you know, turn on the machine. But there's moments later on where they're like having conflict and conversations with each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. When they're like monologuing, and you're like, no, 
I can't. I can't do this anymore. Please. I found the computer impossible to understand. Like, Absolutely. Yes. The, like, it, it, you're supposed to be able to, like, understand what it's saying, and it's just, like, really garbled, like... like yeah. Yeah, I I blame the director mm. um, for making those choices because I'm like in both of these cases, it's difficult to understand and unbearable to listen to, mm. <laughs> uh, and it feels like that's just what he thought. Yeah, this is what a, a computer, will, future computer, will sound like, and what an alien will sound like. Yeah, um, it'll be unbearable. Yeah, it'll be it'll be the worst. Isn't that great? No, because <laughs> he so, this isn't the first episode that he directed. Right, because I recognize no. the name. Yeah, no, he's he's directed other stuff. Let me see, Derek Martinus. But I thought um, about that. he directed like... uh, Galaxy Four, Mission to the Unknown, Tenth um, Planet, uh, Evil of the Daleks, mm. and uh, his last episode is Spearhead from Space. Okay, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's directed. He's done. He's done some good stuff, but also not for nothing. But like, look at the Tenth Planet. Great story, but the Cybermen voice is really annoying in that too. I think it's creepy. It's it's creepy. It is creepy, but it also does take forever for them to That's say fair. anything. That's fair. And it is very similar to. It's in a similar mode to the two voices in this. Mm. I think. Um, yeah. No, I, I had an easier time understanding the Ice Warriors compared to Pewter. Yeah. Pewter, I was like, how can they? Like, if that thing told me that there was a fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would understand it. Yeah, um, you're like, was that English? Yeah. Um, oh, fire on fourth floor. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah. Please. Anyway. Go ahead. Uh, we, so yeah, uh, we learned that Polly, I mean, Polly, Victoria has been taken and um, they consult the computer and are like, computer, should we go after this girl, Victoria? And the doctor's like, what do you mean? Yeah, of course we should. And they're like, well, no, the computer says that, like, her worth, she's only one person and all this kind of stuff. Um, I guess kind of going back to, like, what you guys were saying about this need to be six episodes is, like, we have this conversation, like, once an episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Of the doctor being like, what's wrong with you? How could you? And this Garrett's like, it's our way. It always has been. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's also... uh... You know, it's it's the kind of argument that comes up a lot in New Who of, mm-hmm. you know, the whole the whole like anti Wrath of Khan argument of of like, yeah, no, there is no there is no like sacrifice of the one for everybody. Like, I just want to save everybody like that's sorry. No one's more. Mo- no one's less important than anyone else. Um and you get that a lot in New Who, but this kind of just like doesn't really get to the point. It's like, it's like just just you know kind of beating around the bush of like the argument that they're trying to make here, and then they they just make it over and over and over and over again. Right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, back in the caves, <laughs> um, yeah, what was his name? Pensley Penley is fixing Store's arm, which I guess. Now, now that I think about it, has you know super romantic context. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, yeah, and the whole time they're having they're having this conversation about like why all scientists are bad, or like how science like what has science done to you know science is the reason that we got here, 
why you know we're living in this horrible place and all the plant oh yeah they're in a plant museum because earlier in their history they had to like eradicate all of the plants to bring down carbon dioxide um right and so he <laughs> hands him a tomato and he's like here eat this it'll make you feel better and so he just eat <laughs> how does that make any sense though i don't know <laughs> They Should it like, be the opposite? They like okay, so I like I like that it's um it's kind of like dystopic uh like Star Trek in that like they they eradicate world hunger by yes. by um inventing like artificial food or whatever. Uh-huh. So then he's just like, so now that we did that, we just like chop down all the trees to like make room for like more people and then we like it's like reverse global warming. I guess Um, because they're just like, oh, we we didn't have the carbon dioxide from all the trees. So then which is very 60s. So now we have an ice age instead of like what we understand now is like global warming. Um, Right. Okay. And I I don't know. Something about the carbon dioxide level of the planet got messed up. And now there's like an ice age. I, I also find stories like this. Like just really fascinating stories of how humans adapt to climate like shifts, climate apocalypse, and what comes mm-hmm. after that, and like the the you know the ingenuity of the human mind. And so yeah, I was like, oh cool, I like stories like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, scientist Penley is like, well, I gotta go sneak into the base and steal some other drugs because you're you're gonna die if I. I don't. So he he goes off to go back to the base that shunned him. Uh, we learn about the Ice Warriors' chief weapons in this episode. They're sonic guns mm-hmm. that like shoot noise at people at a lethal velocity, mm-hmm. frequency, velocity, speed. I think yeah, frequency. Who could say? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so the doctor has not yet to receive his sonic screwdriver yet. In the mythos. Right. That's a third doctor thing. So the sonic gun predates the sonic screwdriver. Yes. Interesting. Uh, I think it's Penley or maybe Arden who says that uh, Leader Clint should have been born a robot. Mm. There's just a lot of conversations about like what makes a human a human or like what separates like what what values aren't. What attributes aren't being valued in the society that mm-hmm. people like Arden or Penley feel should be mm-hmm. like, you know, the human compulsion to like resist logic or resist the most like practical, pragmatic decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, worth noting, just so uh, we don't get uh, complaints. Uh, the Sonic Screwdriver makes its first appearance uh, three, two, two stories from now in in the uh, sixth serial, Fury from the Oh, deep. I thought it was three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it is actually the second Doctor that gets it first. Oh, maybe he's like, hey, man, Mm-mm. those Ice Warriors were onto something with that Sonic nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Doctor meets Penley. While Penley goes to, uh, oh yeah, so so Penley sees the Ice Warrior with Victoria and is like, I'm not touching this. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything with this. And the doctor's like, what? How come you didn't stop them? And he's like, because I have a friend that needs medicine. That's why I'm here. 
I couldn't, what if something happened to me? Then my friend would die. And the doctor's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I relate to that. <laughs> um, oh, so the, they steal, the Ice Warriors steal a power packs mm-hmm. from the base. That's, that's why the, uh, it, they and Victoria were there. This episode ends, I believe, with the Ice Warrior freeing his brethren, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. Never seen that before. Passes my cliffhanger rule. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess not. Be- I guess not. I guess not. Uh, Ice Warrior specifically, but the Cybermen have done that. Um, oh, I'm sure. In Tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was a good one. That was fun. That was a good one. Only four episodes. <laughs> yep. Very true. <laughs> See? Almost, we'd be almost done by now. <laughs> So episode three begins with the other Ice Warriors awakening. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jamie and Arden have uh, decided to leave the base together and go off in search of Victoria. And uh, yeah, I like I like all the little team ups that happen throughout the six part. We really get time to really match up different characters with each other. Yeah. Um, The doctor. Uh, so there's this part where Leader Clint starts like bossing the doctor around, and he's like, "I'm not. I don't work for you, dude." I, he describes himself as like a working guest, mm-hmm. right? And I'm I like, gotta follow my own rules. I, yeah. I, I do whatever I want. I'm cool guy, <laughs> cool, cool guy, scientist, cool guy, Patrick Troughton. That's what they call me. <laughs> uh, the Ice Warriors are setting some kind of trap. By their base, they find like because there's like the door, right? The door and the ice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, the doctor's a bit where the doctor is like crawling on the floor, looking at all of his notes and scraps of paper. And the doctor or Clint's like, "Wouldn't you rather use the computer?" And he's like, "No, this is fine. I have a system. This works." <laughs> <laughs> um, they uh, Arden and Jamie find the doors but they get zapped by the sonic guns arden dies jamie does not mm-hmm. but victoria sees it happen and thinks that that, that jamie's dead and she's really sad about it mm-hmm. um and then later scientist penley comes around and you know he's the one that confirms that arden is dead finds jamie and takes jamie back to the cave where he meets uh i i so wanted like at the end if if cores lived to the very end to find out that he's like a distant descendant of Jamie's like, <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the episode, <laughs> it's got kind of referred to it, but this episode ends with Victoria trying to call the doctor and she's like in a sniper scope. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, they're watching her from inside the ship and they're letting her do this. But then like, they're like, okay, she's, she's, She's outlived her usefulness, and then it's just like, do we? <laughs> is yeah. that is this the is this the conversation where, um, where the doctor is like, uh, uh, tell us, tell us about the, tell us about the creatures, and she's like, well, they're Martians, and then Clint is like, shut up, don't answer that, talk about something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kidding. well, they're Martians. <laughs> shut up. Who, who cares? How's the engine? Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> I just there's something so funny about that. I don't know. Uh... Um, so episode four begins with uh, they 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 like new they they shoot 
uh, Victoria, right? Like they stun her. No, or they they don't. She gets cut off. She like they the they let her finish the, her her like voice call or whatever, and then like like this is where it gets weird because like the the leader of the cyber of the not the cybermen the ice warriors is just like well maybe we still need her alive and i'm like why like i don't want her to die but like why 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 yeah yeah because <laughs> she hasn't really been because uh, she's not from this time she doesn't know like all of the science and stuff so like why why did you kidnap this poor girl <laughs> yeah um so i i i i take notes while watching the story mm-hmm. and there's a part where uh, back in the caves, Jamie wakes up with um with Nor Core and um Pentley, and I write Jamie wakes up, and then he's like, <laughs> "I'm paralyzed," and I wrote comma paralyzed. <laughs> I yeah, there's a few lines that Jamie has in this story where I am like, "Is that is that something you would know about like?" being from where you're from like would you know the word paralyzed is that yeah or like what a central nervous system is yeah Yeah. or or even even the term beggar like is that i don't know it's slang but was that around when he was around did they call people beggars i mean or did they refer to them as something else you know 1700 well i guess (laughs) yeah i guess technically he's not speaking english right Technically, no. He is. He's Scottish. Well, he well he'd be speaking Gaelic. Oh, oh. Because they hadn't. And we're hearing they hadn't it. killed the language yet. Oh, okay. Huh. Um, and maybe Fair the doctor enough. taught him what the central nervous system is. <laughs> doctor, my legs don't work. Paralyzed, Jamie. That's called paralyzed. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so, um. His every name is day Storm. You learn something. Because you learn something every day. <laughs> room quote. Um, Store has one of the worst ideas in this episode. Uh, at this point, he decides that he's going to go try to befriend the Ice Warriors. Pentley's like, "If you do that, they will kill you." And Store's like, "I don't know. I don't think we know that." So he goes to talk to them. Uh, uh, while doing that store finds Victoria because she got caught in that avalanche when she was getting chased by ice warriors. The ice warriors are preparing to attack. Uh, store meets the ice warriors and they promptly kill him. Mm-hmm. And I guess stuff like this is kind of what I think Cass, what you said about this episode being too long yeah. is just like, did we, did we need this? Like, how is this moving the story along? You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they just, you know, they wanted to keep the budget cheap, and it's cheaper to do yeah. six-episode stories than four-episode stories. I will stories. say that um, Victoria um, running through like styro- like clearly styrofoam ice yes. is yeah. a peak Doctor Who. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Definitely. That's most of this episode <laughs> yes. is her just like running down the same hallway at different angles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, the Doctor decides he's going to try and reason with the ice warriors. So he's going off to meet them and like willingly be like, be their prisoner. Um, how does this one end? Uh, this is the doctor is in the room and the ice warrior is like, I'm going to turn the pressure down. He's like, but that'll explode oh, my, my body. Yeah. That'll explode my body. <laughs> the airlock yeah, thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Boom. 
So that's where we start. Yeah, they're going like, to drop the, per- the air down to zero. And the doctor's like, no, my body. He, uh, But then the ice warriors are like, well, maybe he can help us get energy to break our ship free from this ice. So they let the doctor live. Um, meanwhile, Peter Salas and Jamie, like carrying Jamie, have been marching through the snow back to the base. They're exhausted. Um, and back at Britannicus base, they're having this like inherent. So they, they've reached a fork in the road where they can either use the ionization ray to destroy the uh, ice warrior ship or not. And the compute, they keep like, asking the computer like, Hey, like, what do we do? But both options would lead to the computer's destruction which goes against its programming, so it like cannot make a decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've reached like this impasse where they're like, "Well, we have to wait for Pewter," and they're like, "We can't wait for Pewter. We have to like actually make a decision." The fact that they call it Pewter, they don't. Oh, okay, that's my bad. I've been de- <laughs> all right. We just started calling it that. Okay, got it. They call it the computer. Uh, <laughs> they uh oh, there's this really cool part. Where uh, uh, leader Clem is like trying to talk like, well, you know, like we're it's good that we're doing this. And he goes to that one guy at the console and he's like, right, like we, we volunteered to do this. And he's like, I didn't volunteer to be here. <laughs> and he's like, oh, OK. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, so, yeah, the ice warriors need fuel. Uh Penley finally arrives at the base um, to find them all. out the bear with the tranquilizer gun. Oh, I forgot about the bear. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it was wool. They thought it was wolves. You're howling off camera. Yeah. Right. And then it's a bear. And then there's a bear. Yeah. So I guess. So and he bears out. He's just like, Jamie's like, you have to do something. He was like, I don't know. I've never been a hunter. And he's like, I mean, it's either that or we die. And he's like, I guess you're right. Okay, I'll, I'll try. Yes. <laughs> I love just, I, but the fact that he's like so monotone about it like it just it tickled me I don't know the whole the whole process the funniest me. part about that because like Jamie can't use his legs so he's being dragged on this like litter and when yeah. the bear is coming he's just like well prop me up I'll tackle him like <laughs> I'm like Jamie what are you gonna do <laughs> his like, best he'll windmill. do his best <laughs> At That's any why given everyone moment. loves Jamie. You know, like it doesn't matter his what's going on. Empty. He'll do his best. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> At any given moment, he's just so ready to just go down swimming. Uh-huh. Uh, so true. Also, did Penley's husband uh, get uh, killed by the Ice Warriors already? Yes. Did that happen yes. already? Okay. Yeah. Man. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> so uh, the doctor is planning to like reverse the like the, the the sonic waves and he's building something that victoria offhandedly calls like a stink bomb like what good is that gonna do right and uh the oh yeah and that's ends. a really great scene because he's like i have a plan but you need to you need to pretend to they're listening so you have to pretend to cry and i'll whisper yeah. the plan to you while you're crying mm-hmm. between sobs um and it's just like this ridiculous scene <laughs> where she's like fake crying while he's like and then I'm going to use <laughs> this yeah. this thing to do this and she's like ah, that seems like a stupid idea <laughs> and it's just like them going back and forth like that it's like 
almost it almost seems like it's a little bit self-aware about Polly or about Victoria this episode. Yeah. Of God, like, you've never even met Polly. Why do you keep getting Yeah, we've confused? met Polly. How yeah, yeah Polly's in the first couple of um second doctor. Oh, okay. I'm just I'm 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 very surprised that Nick even remembers. <laughs> so yeah, Polly ago. was cool. Okay. Uh Victoria's uh, pretty cool too. Uh, she had that cool hat on when we first met her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Zoe's episodes... where it's at though. Mm-hmm. We'll get to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh episode six, we did it. Ends with uh the Ice Warriors are under attack from the Doctor Stink Bomb. Uh the doc <laughs> the Doctor oh, no not no uh Varga, the leader of the Ice Warriors. Uh, sets up uh, like a parlay, I guess, or a meeting with science, uh, with leader Clint, 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 and is like, okay, we're gonna come over to to your base, but like, I, dude, no traps, no tricks, no games. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, one of the uh the dude who was like, I didn't volunteer. He has like a breakdown. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you fucking you keep praying to your precious computer. Well, here's what I think of your computer. And he's like, going to break it. And Miss Garrett kills him. Yeah. It's like, uh, no. No, you're dead. No one hurts Peter. Touch my computer, you die. What a mood. Yeah. Relatable, yeah. Uh, uh, so at, at, like, at one point, the, um, uh yeah the right so like the doctor has like the plan like the plan with the sonic cannon because he's like yeah the ice warriors are made of more liquid than us so if we set the cannon to liquid <laughs> yes. it'll affect them more he, he's like he's just pulling shit out of his ass like he he he's just like well i think that they're probably more liquid than people so i'm gonna set it to this frequency and hopefully it doesn't kill everyone in the base Aren't my, we also more liquid than people? Yes, but like I don't okay. know, my, like maybe it's more. Did the we not know that in the sixties? <laughs> my favorite line in the whole episode is when the doctor tells Victoria, "There's a vague risk that this will kill everybody," mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess that's what I meant with like the menace is he's kind of like he'll just in, in this story two will just kind of like starts start cutting wires or just start moving shit around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't know that it's gonna work, but he just has a hunch, and that's that's very eleven to me. I mean, multiple doctors for sure, but yeah, that's true. Um, so the the um, there's kind of like a, there's like a mutually assured destruction angle between the ice warriors and the humans, and they're like not sure what to do. They're like not sure what move to make. And finally, uh, Penley is, or no, no, uh, yeah, Penley is finally like, well, I don't, I'm doing this. I'm making a decision. We have to, we have to use the ionizer. And they do. The ice warriors get ionized. The bad thing doesn't happen. We get, I thought, a kind of, a kind of poignant scene between Penley and uh, leader Clint, where Clint's like, you know what? Scientist Penley, you are the most annoying, obnoxious, inconsiderate, selfish son of a bitch 
that I have ever had the privilege to work uh-huh. with. <laughs> there was a and, lot of um, subtext between those two as well. At least when I definitely. was watching. <laughs> oh, because he kind of like, because uh, Clint like banished yeah. him. Yeah. He's like, and I don't trust people they're... anymore. And it's like, dude, what happened? We don't need him. <laughs> like, just let me call him. Yeah. Because Miss Garrett tries to like, bring him back. Like, well, you can tell him that I'm never coming back there mm-hmm. because he's a fucking mm-hmm. idiot. He doesn't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get this little moment at the end where uh, he, uh, where he's like, well, you're going to have to you're going to have to file all this in your report, Leader Clint. Can you do that without a computer? And Clint's like, I never use a computer to take notes. I always take my own notes. And I was like, oh. It's kind of what like, a twist. It's kind of fun. I don't know. I guess, I guess, normally... I guess notes don't require any decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just him. The, yeah. The, this guy, like, like Clint is like, seriously, he's like two-faced with the coin where he's like, yes, yeah. I can't make a choice. I have to ask the computer to t- tell me what to do. Um there's a brutal like conviction to it, you know. Yeah. Like if yeah. you if you if you watch this episode and replace every time they say computer with AI. I th- yeah. I think like yeah. that cuz like you know, like I'm going to use the AI to generate like a like a solution to my problem, you know? Like that's literally mm-hmm. what what's happening right now. So I think like there is like a really compelling like sci-fi angle. It just goes on for way too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I almost feel like this could be a cool one for the RTD2 era to maybe like re-examine or revisit in some mm. way. For like, sure. In a post-chat GPT world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think there's a lot of good stuff here. I just don't think any of it is I don't know. I don't think they go hard enough on any of the concepts. Um, mm. as much as I would want them to, they don't dig that deep. Yeah, like all of it is very surface level. Um, but I like the idea. Like if I if I just pitch this story, of like, yeah, this guy who only uses AI to make every decision, uh, because he doesn't trust his stupid human brain anymore. Because mm-hmm. we're so far into the future, and our st- stupid human brains have like almost led us into oblivion. Um, with like this new ice age or whatever. So now he doesn't trust our stupid human brains comes across a situation that cannot be solved with this AI. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how are you going to get out of this situation? Like, that's interesting, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that this story quite gets there. Um, I, and I, I and I don't think the guy, I don't think Clint really changes. He's forced to change because the doctor does all of the decision making. Yeah. Um, ultimately, so where he's like, well, I mean, I don't have any choice. I can't use the computer anymore. It's it, it's dead. It blew up. <laughs> so it's, you it's know. not like like a Christmas Carol or, or or multiple Who stories where he actually the do- doctor is able to change this character's stance on something or you know reexamine right. his beliefs mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just wish it was a little bit of a deeper story in that regard because um, I do think there's a lot of really cool, interesting ideas. That they they just don't get really I don't know the, yeah mm-hmm. it's all very surface mm-hmm. level I think the last kind of note I have is I wouldn't say appreciate but I guess I now have a newfound understanding perhaps of where um 
the writer's name is escaping me for some reason, even though we talked about him all these years of Cold War. Oh, Mark Gatiss. Um, Mark Gatiss, of course. Yeah, because so much of this episode, the story does remind me of your classic submarine thriller mm-hmm. where there's two bases. We don't know what the other person's thinking. You know, we're hobbled together in this base. There's like, you know, firing missiles target so much. So much of this episode we haven't even talked about, guys, is the ice warriors like calibrating and charging their weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It, targeting and locking on. That's very true. Uh, Cass, any closing thoughts on Ice Warriors? Um, I don't know. I had fun revisiting this one a lot. Um, nice. Yeah. I love their stupid Lego hands, and I always will. So <laughs> Mark Gatiss can't take that from me. Uh, I just like the, uh, I like the aesthetic of this era of the mm. show a yeah. lot. Um. 60s sci-fi is just really cool. It's like very like, I know this is in black and white and 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 that's in color, but it's very like kind of one to one with like 60s Star Trek. Yeah. Like, there's always something kind of intrinsically dorky about Doctor Who that I love, but mm-hmm. there's something kind of like you like you said cool about yeah. just the look and aesthetic of this era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting because it's kind of like the next era. I mean, we're going to talk about it next week, right? Is the f- absolute flip of this, where like this is everything is cool around the Doctor, but the Doctor is a massive dork and is taking a, a golden retriever around a Scottish golden retriever <laughs> around with him, um, you know. But but. Uh, the next version of the show is the doctor is the coolest person you've ever met in your entire mm-hmm. life. And everyone around him is everything around him is like not cool. He's on a military base. Boring. Blah. You know, like he's stuck on Earth. Boring. Blah. Yeah. You know, so it's just like it's the exact opposite in every like they just flipped every aspect of the show uh, to the polar opposite in the next era, um, which is so interesting. And it works also but in a completely different Mm -hmm. way you know um but yeah speaking of which next week day of the daleks they're back faves are back guys our faves are back um god's favorite idiots (laughs) yep uh so day of the daleks uh the first time that the third doctor uh gets to interact with the daleks um it was a big deal this episode dropping, the story dropping was a big, big deal. Talk about it next week. Um, I'm excited to get to it. And as I've hinted at uh, to Nick, this features my favorite thing the third Doctor ever does, ever. Um, it's the moment that, like, when I think of the third Doctor, if somebody's like, John Pertwee, this is the moment that immediately hits my brain. Immediately. Um, oh, it is It is the definitive third Doctor moment for me uh and does he just uh, cold cock a dalek i can't man you know it's not you're not far off but i i think it's kind of better than that honestly because there's an aspect to it that you're not (laughs) guessing that it makes it even better like you're at a hundred percent this moment is like a hundred and fifty percent like it's i don't remember any of this episode so i'm really excited to like revisit it (laughs) Oh yeah, hell yeah. Nice. Um yeah, so Day of the Daleks next week. 
Really, really excited for those of you watching alone along at home. Watching alone. TV. <laughs> yeah, watching alone at home. Uh, don't make any. Don't make your loved ones also watch it. Um, <laughs> if you can drag your television into a dark closet alone, that's how I do it. Um, yep, the way it's meant to. Be. Yeah. So. So anyway, uh, yeah, so that's Day of the Daleks. It's on Tubi, so you can watch it. It's only four parts, so it's not yes. um, It's not a six-parter. Uh, it's lean It's lean and mean, and, uh, and uh, I remember it being a really, really good one, even beyond just like, you know, the greatest Pertwee moment of all time. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's next week on the show, Day of the Daleks. Guys, check the show notes to this. Because uh, you got a link to our Discord. You can join the Discord, join the community over there. It's great. Uh, also, uh, there's a link to our Patreon if you want to support us over there. If enough TDC listeners you know, join us on Patreon um, and have ideas of what they would want from us in the form of Patreon content, I think we'd have no choice but to do something. So <laughs> let us know. Go join the Patreon and let us know. Um, links are in the description to this episode. And uh, yeah. That's it. That's the Ice Warriors. And uh, that's the long way around this week. Next week, Day of the Daleks. Yay! Bye, everybody. Bye.